Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the Bradfoe Show, a special edition, a nice little Friday edition for you folks that are, you know, maybe you got something planned for the weekend, a nice long trip, maybe a half-hour trip, maybe a 15-minute trip, because that just might be how long this is. But I've got Sammy here. Sammy, what's up? How you doing? What's up, Coop? I'm... I'm missing the socks is how I'm doing. Yeah, no, I'm 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 squarely into the postseason depression uh era right now. I just need a GM hired, I need a free agent signed, and I can happily look forward to pitchers and catchers. That's all I want. Yeah. All I want, all I need, and not going well. I'm just brimming with jealousy. Like I keep hearing yeah. about how great the Phillies crowd is. I keep hearing about how the Diamondbacks are this young up and coming team, the Texas versus Texas battle. They're like, what a great rivalry. And I'm thinking, we used to have all these things. We used to be these oh. teams. And now we can't even, the Red Sox can't even find someone to interview for the GM role. <laughs> it's, 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 I, I literally, I sit in my little office space every day here at EEI and I just get, deeper and deeper into the fact that I think we're just going to sign an internal hire. I mean, I, at this point it's Eddie Romero being GM and I think Craig Breslow may be the guy to be stepping in as like his number two. Even Raquel Ferreira, she, uh, you know, no one wants it. Yeah. She's an internal candidate. She was like, I'm good. Yeah. uh, Family, family reasons. It's like when you miss work, but you're not actually sick and you just come up with something. I'm going to have to move my kids all the way across town here in Boston. I can't force that on them. It's a schlep, especially with how unreliable he is. Yeah. I believe it was John Morosi or it might've been McAdam. Uh, They tweeted out the other day. They were like, is this a low point for the Red Sox in, a turning point of that they can't hire anyone and at the time i was kind of like no that's not an indication i still think that i think people saying they have family matters is a polite way of saying the grass is so much greener on my side i want to stay here yeah and i mean you look at uh, we talked about it on the last episode like you're not going to have guys coming from the dodgers or coming from the phillies wanting to come into a role that's already an uphill battle like you have your playoff team set for next year basically with those yeah. franchises and even the lesser ones, we talked about James Click in the group chat the other day before that was swept under the rug very quickly. Uh, but even he's up in like Toronto, his team is likely going to be a playoff contender heading into the season next year. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to lo- leave that for somewhere where you're probably not going to have a whole lot of autonomy? And so, what's, what's appealing you know, about this Red Sox job? I mean, you've the list of stuff that's not to work with him. The last two, the last two candidates have not lasted long, despite a lot of people saying they've done what they're supposed to do. Especially Dombrowski, who won the world, won the World Series, and arguably put together not entirely him, but helped put together one of the best Red Sox teams ever. He's gone. Bloom's told to rebuild the farm. He's gone. Both lasted four years, I believe. I mean, no job stability. Why would you want to enter an environment like that? And on top of that, you don't, you don't get to pick your manager. You're entering a extremely hostile market right now the red sox fans are not in a good way at all right now and your yeah, G- red sox twitter seems rational right now huh. yeah. 
super rational. Every, every rational. GM candidate that's name pops up, they're like, this is the guy or girl. This is them. This is who we need. Then they say no, and they rationalize like, nah, I don't want I don't want Kim Ang. I didn't want James Click. You know, yeah, you quickly move on to like, oh, they weren't the candidate. They weren't. I mean, they were they were held back. Kim Ang, she's never been in a big uh, market. Yeah, she's never been. The run differential, the Marlins' run differential in one-run games wasn't that good. Very, it was really good this year, so it might have been a fluke. Therefore, I don't want Kim Ang. Like crazy stuff like that. Then you got today. The newest thing is Gabe Kapler. (laughs) who's never never been in the front office for any team. But we're he's trying a, anything at this point. Yeah, they're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Classic. So Classic. Yeah, I have no clue. I've never been more unsure of who the Red Sox are going to end up with as GM. I kind of, and this is a very loose desire. I like Craig Breslow because it seems like he has a focus on pitching, and that's where the Red Sox lack, and that is as loose as it gets. So bring him in. Cool. Just someone. So, yeah. Plug God right here. Lou Merloni was on with Gresham Fourier Friday where he was talking about, which, by the way, go go and listen, go and watch whenever you can. Pays the bills for me. Uh, they, could, they had Lou Merloni on, and he he was broached. It was literally right after the Gabe Kapler news kind of broke, and Gresham asked him, hey, like, what are your thoughts on Gabe Kapler or some of these other you know, players that are so young and coming in? And he goes, Craig Breslow is – probably be number one candidate for him right now as far as being in the organization not so much running it but you look at what he was able to do directly with pitchers with the cubs and the fact that he's not so distant from the way that the game has changed it makes him an ideal candidate but you also on the inverse like you can't give that copper off every player like you can't apply that same exact thing to gabe kapler and hope that he's also going to be a a diamond in the rough as the last gm like or president of baseball operations like to say so i think the gabe kapler is quite literally we are tossing like shit at the wall and hoping it sticks like i don't think he's done a great job in uh san francisco i don't really know how he's done with developing young guys over there they just pay big names and they don't go to the playoffs is what just seems to happen. They had that one 100 win season, but that seems almost like it was 2021 for the Red Sox at this point. A fluke. Yeah. I, so I've been poking fun at Red Sox fans for having strong opinions uh, on these candidates. Cause a lot of them are guys like Gomes from the Dodgers, who you mentioned earlier, where you think, yeah, he, he comes from a good team, good system. So he'll likely be a good GM, but that's what we said about Heim Bloom. But then you get a guy like Kapler and you're just kind of lost. Where do we go yeah. from here? What would make him a good or bad candidate? We don't know if he'll be good, bad, terrible, the best ever. It's just weird, man. It's a weird space. I don't think anyone thought we'd be here. I know some people, not me, I thought it would be an appealing job. Some people thought that this job would not be appealing, and those people are slowly being proven right more and more. I feel like a fool for thinking people would jump at this job, but apparently just being the Boston Red Sox isn't enough of a sales pitch, if you want to call it that. I mean, even... like. Chris Cattell coming out with the Kim Ng news today saying that it's basically cold water on that from what he's hearing. And I, I got reaction. I tweeted out, it just feels like the Red Sox and John Henry are out of touch at this point, that they just don't know what to do to make this team appetizing to GMs that want to win World Series. Like you you can say the net, like the narrative right now is World Series or bust, but GMs are still going to look at what you've done in your track history now, and they don't want to touch it with the 10-foot pole because, like you said, likely you're in there for just a presidency. Yeah, and, and you're going to have to uproot your family in another four years if things go how they've been going. Kim Ang, for example, 
Kimang with the Marlins, Trailblazer, first woman GM ever. She brings the Marlins to the playoffs for the first time in 20 years, unless you want to count 2020 when everyone made the playoffs, but brings them to the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. The Marlins thank her by saying, thanks, we're going to hire someone to oversee you. She says F you and leaves because she was treated so poorly by the Marlins and still she doesn't even want to take an interview with the Red Sox. Like, she, to be fair, she messed up. She oh. messed up. Well, she made the Marlins up. a winner and didn't win a World Series. Like, you're not going to pay your players after that if you're the Marlins. Yeah, right. Like, right it's World right. Series or bust for them. Like, you, you go to the playoffs, you better hope that these guys win a World Series. Otherwise, we're not paying a single one of them. I think that so was, I don't blame her for leaving. I think that was the first time that the Marlins, other than 2020, because I don't really. Yep. First 2003 was the last time. Yes, but it's also the first time they've made the playoffs and didn't win the World Series. I'm pretty sure that yeah. they never made, other than, again, 2020. Because Dombrowski was hired. He built an incredible team around Miguel Cabrera was also yeah. on that as well, right? Like, that's that's a team that, like, you go back into baseball reference and you see the names that you start pulling up, Mike Lowell. Renteria. There's two yes. other teams, though. You can mix them up. Um but yeah, Dombrowski, he was with the Marlins for what, 1996 to like, uh, I don't know, for, for, until, oh, till 2002. And then they won the year after he left. Yeah. So he's been a, he left before. Yeah. So he left. It's, it's actually funny. He left. The Marlins kind of tried to tear it down and then they almost accidentally won the World Series. The 2003 Marlins, one of the strangest teams ever. They didn't, they didn't mean to win the World Series, but they did. Bizarre. I love that. Yeah. Also, also, that makes sense now because the whole thing was like Dave finally getting his World Series ring, correct? Yeah. Or he had won. No, it's. He no, was, I don't he think was, he had won. Oh, 2018 was his first one, correct? No, 97 and 2018. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. what's that? 30, uh, 30. Let's say he was with Montreal from the 88 to 91, then Florida uh, up until 2001, Detroit. Boston, Philly. Everyone gives. Hey, I. You just said something that made me think about uh, this. Dave Dombrowski draining the farm system and whatnot. Uh, he had the wherewithal to ride out Pedro. Yeah, he wasn't the one to trade Pedro. He's good at. He he's not really good at building. <laughs> he, he was out of the Expos by '95. Yeah, smart. '97, '97 would have been. Dombrowski's weird. He's not really good at. Um, you know, building the farm, but he's good at not trading away those key pieces. He's a weird dude, man. Angel I think he's just focused like, on the big league like club, and I, yeah. I like that. I'm a fan. I wish we had a big league club that was playing. I wish we had a big league club. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had a GM. Uh, on that note, let's. Uh, you want to connect some people to a big league club that may or may not exist after next year? Yeah, I'm a total uh, main character kind of fan, so everything has to always be about the Red Sox. Um, always does. So, yeah, I want to take this time to make the uh, ALCS between two teams in Texas and the NLCS between Philadelphia and Arizona. I want to make it all about Boston. That's what we do. That's that's what Bostonians do best. Like, we somehow have to shoehorn ourselves into the conversation. Yeah. Um, Main characters so up, on the, up on the screen right now, uh, Ryan Presley. Okay. Seems like a nice gentleman. Had a good season so far, a three ERA. Uh what, what can you tell me about him? What's so interesting about Ryan Presley? Okay, so Presley's Red Sox connection. This one's easy. This is a layup. And I'm okay. sure everyone oh. listening will – well, not everyone. A lot of people listening will know this. Ryan Presley was originally drafted in 2007 in the 11th round 
by the Boston Red Sox, and he didn't sign. Okay. That was a layup. Yeah. That was a layup. I, I, we started making this challenge earlier today, and you said, I'm on it. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, he initially didn't sign, but then he did sign, and then the uh, he went to the Twins. So there you go. Yeah. yeah reverse poppy. Yeah, he revert. He did the reverse poppy. That's what the media was saying at the time. They said this is the reverse poppy. He's going to be an all star. The Red Sox are going to regret this. They're doing the exact opposite of what they did in 03. Classic, classic. Yeah. Classic. So you go, you want to go from Minnesota to Boston, not the other way around. But hey, Presley's had a good career. Got a ring. Really nasty closer. I feel like he doesn't get mentioned enough in the pantheon of like sick closers, but he's pretty nasty. How many saves does he have? Let's several. Do we have a? Several? Oh, at least a couple. More than 10. Let's see, Ryan. Listen to the sound of us Googling stats. That's. I thought of that right before we started recording. This is going to be an all-time ASMR episode. 31 this year, and then three in the playoffs already. So, look at Incredible that. record this season with 33 and 33. Loves Larry Bird. Another <laughs> regular season record yeah so there you go so larry bird his win-loss record 33 33 might be an ode to veritech you know um Mm -hmm. as well so lots to go off of all right what's uh what's our next victim uh you want me to pick one i think we were gonna go in order do you want to just do paul seawald okay let's do paul seawald so paul seawald this is a weird one very brief paul seawald closer for the diamondbacks another closer his father, Mac, was drafted by the Red Sox out of high school in 1979, as we all know, and he did not play for them. So that's fun. Hey, look at that. There you go. I, I'm just, I'm control effing all of that. I like that one. I like a good family tie. Nothing like uh, some father baseball down to son baseball type stuff. Uh, possibly a Red Sox in the future. These are going to get weirder and weirder as we keep going. We get Paul Seawold and we get uh, Mikey Skremski and we just have the all-time father-son, or I guess generational Red Sox team. Yeah. Uh, Next one, Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve. This one actually happened this year. He hit for his first cycle against the Red Sox. Woohoo! Part of history. You could have gone with the fact that we beat the brakes off them in 2018, but you went with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are, okay. uh, yeah, that's true. He was on the 2018 Astros who cheated and still lost to the Red Sox yeah. who cheated uh, less. Smaller than Dustin Pedroia. That's notable. Smaller than everybody, pretty much, who's ever played yeah, Major League Baseball. Very small. Yeah. Um, probably if you were to put him on the Red Sox or Boston Connection, he's smaller than any other Red Sox that ever existed, I would imagine. That's true. Maybe yeah, like you could the probably early days, people were smaller back then. Maybe I, it, it wouldn't shock me. Okay. Okay. Uh, Bregman. Bregman. <laughs> this one's easy. Bregman. His best friend is Blake Swihart, oh, yeah. the Red Sox catcher, and also his favorite player growing up, Red Sox stud Dustin Pedroia. So two Sox connections for nice boy Alex Bregman. Hold on. What is this? Uh, early life. He was also part of ownership group with George. What is? George. Hall of Famer Ted Williams. Wait. His mother originally Catholic, converted to Judaism. His grandfather star for the. What is? Grandfather was originally counsel for the Washington Senators from the late 1960s until 
The team moved to Texas in 1971 and he scale sale that would negotiated and he helped the club sign. Oh, so his grandfather Washington Redskins. Guess where they started out? Also uh, in Boston. Yes, that's yes. what I mean. That's oh, so three. That's a fun dive. Okay, that's three. Okay, that was a Alex Bregman. Kudos. Yeah. Come to big, Boston. Big Boston guy. If we didn't have Devers, I would say sign him. Yeah, still sign him. Still sign him. DH. DH Devers. DHs. Okay. I'm deciding which one I want to do here. Let's do Christian Walker. Let's just keep going in order. All right, Christian Walker, easy. First Major League Baseball home run off of, uh, we're still waiting on this guy to pan out, Ruby De La Rosa. Back in 2014, oh. Christian Walker was on the Baltimore Orioles, and he hit his first home run off of De La Rosa, who famously did not pan out for the Red Sox. I've, uh, I, I, I thought that guy was going to be so good. His name is Ruby, though, and that is cool. Ruby, 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 Ruby. Yeah, good, good. All right, next one. <laughs> I was thinking more Ruby Tuesdays, but okay. Sure. Uh, Aaron Nola. Okay, this one's really good and very, very strong connection. So in 2017, Nola broke the Phillies team record for strikeouts in a season by a starting pitcher with less than 30 starts, struck out 184, and that record was an originally was originally held by a starting pitcher who played for the Red Sox as well, and his name rhymes with Hurt Spilling. He Any was guesses? an pitcher. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who it I is. I kind of forget about him. I think he did well. And he's got like Couldn't bloody really toes, whatever. The toes are bleeding. I don't know. Weirdo. Probably a weirdo. Never never heard of it. I've heard yeah, of Aaron Nola, probably a Boston guy. I heard of a player oh. doing team um, for the bloody sock thing. I don't know about that. Uh, all right, Aaron Nola. Appreciate that. Corey Seager? Oh, all, obviously. All shortstop. Yeah, obviously. Everyone remembers him coming off the aisle in 2019 after strain, straining his left hamstring. It was against the Boston Red Sox when he came back. We all know that. Who could forget? That Who one's could forget? Just warning you, they're about to get really weird. That's what I need. Okay. Keep it going. Keep it going. This next one's not a stretch at all. Josh Jump. Josh Young grew up in San Antonio, Texas. And in 2022, the Boston Celtics made a trade with the San Antonio Spurs, Young's hometown no. team, which brought Derek White to Boston. Derek White's dad, Richard White, grew up in the Boston area and remains a huge Red Sox fan to this day. And that is why Josh Young is a Boston guy. Big Celtics fan? So he's he's feeling optimistic about the team this year. Yeah, man, he probably loves Derek White. He was like, hey, that guy played for my hometown team, and now he plays for a different team. I'm going to keep following him. So, boom. I would keep following the Celtics. I mean, <laughs> listen, the Celtics, gonna, you're you're our new Celtics correspondent with how much of a basketball head you've turned into in the offseason. Oh, I love it. Dude, if you stand behind the three-point line and score from there, you'll get an extra point rather than if you lay it in. So, that's my take. Is that this. like hitting, like if you were to be like, I'm going to take this at-bat from behind the catcher if yeah. I hit it out. Yeah, you get the extra run points. Yeah. This is how we fix baseball. Yeah. This is how we use Josh Young, we use Derek White, and we integrate the three-point line into baseball. That's beautiful. Yeah. Or, or, okay, hold on. You have two home run walls. 
make this more realistic instead of being behind the well, like if you, hit, if you hit it past the second green monster yeah, yeah. You to run if you hit it past the regular green monster it's just two aggro. green monsters i wasn't even thinking that i was just thinking like one like little like setup softball fence yeah like maybe in front of the the warning track so two green like monsters two green monsters and that is how josh young is connected to the red sox so okay i think that I think that that makes sense. You can sell exclusive seats, and of course, the Red Sox would do this: exclusive seats in front of the second wall. Like yeah, you get upcharge on that. John Henry could actually pay for a GM. That what are you sick. talking? The Red Sox would never upcharge stuff to fans. No. What are you talking about? Tickets are going up one percent, by the way, in case people forgot. Awesome. Um, so yeah, on that note, Alec Bohm. Alec Bohm, obviously, in twenty twenty one, when he got COVID. He had to get pulled <laughs> from the game against the Red Sox, in which he made two errors, but the Red Sox still lost that game 11-2. to two. Uh, I'm going to say he wasn't sick. I'm going to yeah, say he did thinking. not test he, positive. They were fed up with his defensive play. Yeah, bad defense, so he faked having COVID, left the game, but the Red Sox still lost by nine runs. He, he had a sunflower seed go down the wrong pipe, and he coughed a little. And instantly they were like, hey, man, we don't make the rules. You cough and you out. Happens to the best of us, that, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, still lost in the end. But the next one has Let's some good it. vibes for Boston. Jonah Heim, the Rangers power hitting catcher, was born in Buffalo, New York, which is home of the Buffalo Bills, who have lost to the New England Patriots 77 times in 127 games. The New England Patriots are from the same market as the Boston Red Sox. So, Jonah, I Hame, love that. Probably I love that. that. Yeah. People forget 2003 to 2010, 15 straight losses by the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I believe that's the the range. So, that is longest, longest continuous win streak against a single team still held by the Patriots. We absolutely suck, but as long as we have that, I guess that's okay. Uh, next on the list. Uh, and this is an interesting one. These last two are Martin, a little bit Martin weird. Martin Maldonado. Yep. So Martin Maldonado. And stop me if you've heard this one. But in 2016. Stop. No, 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 no. Stop. Okay, go. In 2016, Martin Maldonado was traded from the Milwaukee Brewers to the Los Angeles Angels in a deal that included a young catcher named Jet Bandy, who would famously go on to play 34 games for the Woo Sox before being unceremoniously released in 2021. And that is As, why Martin Maldonado is a big Sox guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Jet Bandy, yeah, you're it out. How, how could you forget Jet? Oh my God, I need the Sox to come back so badly. <laughs> I need to know why he did not make it up to the big league level with a name like that. Yeah, that's, well, that's what that's what every that's time Maldonado gets interviewed, they go, "Oh, you're the guy from the Jet Bandy trade." Like, how do you feel about him never making it to the Red Sox? And he goes, "I don't want to talk about it. It's a stain on my legacy." And Martin, hey, Marty, Marty, you knew Jet, right? Marty Maldo, <laughs> Marty, hey, buddy, bada bada bada. And I've held off on spoiler alert. I I did read some of these beforehand. I held off on this one because a it was a paragraph, and b I was kind of excited to hear it for the first time. Um, Ranger Suarez. Right. How does he fit into the Boston narrative? So here's why Philly's pitcher Ranger Suarez is actually more of a Red Sox guy. <clears throat> in 
In 2017, Ranger Suarez was pitching for the Lakewood Blue Claws, the Phillies' high-A affiliate, and on June 27th of that year, he carried a perfect game into the eighth inning before a single by Jared Reinfleisch of the Greensboro Grasshoppers ended that. Reinfleisch went on to play in the Diamondbacks and Twins farm systems before retiring after a couple knee surgeries. He then went on to open an indoor baseball facility in the town of Mason, Ohio. And that's the same okay. town that former Major League Baseball reliever TJ Zook hails from. Of course. And Zook, yeah. And Zook is well known around Major League Baseball for his 4.1 innings pitched against the Boston Red Sox on September 10th of 2019, which is the same date that Elias Howe was granted a patent for the sewing machine in 1846. And where is Elias Howe from? Spencer, Massachusetts. Therefore, he's a Red Sox fan, and that is how Ranger Suarez is connected to the Red Sox. Boom. Uh, So he's a seamstress, big-time seamstress. Yeah, I mean, Ranger Suarez and the sewing machine are, like, interconnected eternally. Everyone agrees. I don't even like so he, he did he contribute to the industrial revolution pretty much did or is he a fan of it he has to be a fan he has to be aware of this because like when he lost that no hitter that perfect game back in 2017 when he was in high a he was probably like oh crap that guy probably is going to go open an indoor facility in mason ohio which is the same you yeah. know town as tj zook who pitched against the red Sox. Butterfly effect. yeah butterfly effect and therefore ranger suarez probably hates sh- uh, sewing machines in the end because it's a bad memory for him so would you say that he's just kind of like a like leather guy? You just like don't stitch it together, loincloth. Like if it was his way, everyone would just be doing that. Just no yeah. stitching whatsoever. Yeah, and probably being Red Sox fans as well. Because like we said at the beginning of the show, these playoffs, though they don't include the Red Sox, they're actually all about the Red Sox. Unless you get a hole in your sock, there is no stitching on a sock, correct? And that's what they so say. just one continuous, like if someone knits it, right? You get a nice knitted sock. There's no stitching on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, so can we can we trace Ranger Suarez back to the Triangle Shirt Factory fire? Probably. We can pin that on him. Like a mass atrocity, we can just pin on Ranger Suarez. So Ranger Suarez is like a bad dude. He's not a great guy. He's not a great guy, and so his connection to the Red Sox is kind of like a, like an enemy thing, like they're enemies. Uh, they don't yeah. want to be connected, but they are because of uh, Elias Howe. You can't get past the of Elias Howe thing, the sewing machine, the locksmith sewing machine. All my homies hate Elias Howe. Yeah. Yeah, or they like yeah. him. I don't really remember who's the good guy, I, bad guy in all of this, but yeah. There, I don't either. I'm going to say he's a hardcore capitalist that was in favor of the Industrial Revolution. So probably. not going to have a lot of fans in Cambridge. Regardless, they're all Red Sox fans at the end of the day, just like you, me, and the listeners. That's, right. so that's why we can all rest easy at night knowing that uh, we are the main character fan base, and it's actually all about us. So when you are when when you are watching the ALCS, the NLCS, heck, maybe even the World Series – and you see one of these guys, go ahead and root for them. Go ahead, just be like, hey, you're you're Bostonian at heart. Yeah, you, you can be one of us. You could you could listen, subscribe, tune into the Bradfoe show whenever you want, just like the rest of us Bostonians. And that's what you should do if you are currently listening to this, because then you get every episode. You get to hear us whenever we release something. Maybe we maybe we become a little bit more frequent in the coming days, weeks. We'll maybe. see. I don't know. Could be fun. Maybe could be fun. If we become frequent, you listen, then you're watching the games with your friends. Martin Maldonado comes up, you go, hey, 
Remember that 2016 trade between the Brewers and the Angels that involved Jet Bandy, failed catcher who never made it to the Red Sox back in 2021 when he was on the friggin' uh, minor league club? That's pretty nice. And if your friend, guess what? If your friend's like, I've never heard of that, you show, you open up your phone, you open up Spotify or Apple or heck, even the Odyssey app, and you just pull up this episode and you go, these guys right here. These guys know baseball. And so I'm gonna listen. You're gonna listen. These guys know baseball and they know sewing. So So hey, we're all about uh, I don't know if I'm about sewing. I, I'm an Elias Howe guy. I like Elias Howe. You like a lot you're for the triangle shirtwaist factory? Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. it had to be done. Who's hey, thinning the herd. Yeah. That's Elias Howe. Elias Howe. And on that note, that was a Brad Bow show. <laughs>